I am so excited to announce that the doors to Panic to Peace are opening on September 5th. This is my signature program where over the course of 10 weeks, I walk you through how to actually create a healthy relationship with anxiety, simply and practically. And this round is a little different from past ones because I'm offering two different options. You can either take the program live with me and also with others who are on a similar journey as you, or you can take it on your own in a self-paced version. So if this is the year you're determined to create a healthy relationship with anxiety and overcome the symptoms, the anxious thoughts, the panic attacks and fears, it's not too late. Head to the link in the show notes, get on my waiting list, and be the first to get access to the program and to get a really special discount. I hope to see you on the inside. Welcome to a Healthy Push Podcast. I'm Shannon Jackson, former anxiety sufferer turned adventure mom and anxiety recovery coach. I struggled with anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia for 15 years. And now I help people to push past the stuff that I used to struggle with. Each week, I'll be sharing real and honest conversations along with actionable and practical steps that you can take to help you push past your anxious thoughts, the symptoms, panic, and fears. Welcome. You're right where you're meant to be. Okay, three big reasons why many people struggle with anxiety. I'm really excited to have this conversation because I usually say, don't focus so much on the whys. Like, don't focus on why you're feeling anxious or why that symptom keeps popping up or why you had a horrible panic attack after going weeks without having one or why it felt hard today and it didn't yesterday. Like, I usually say, the why doesn't so much matter. But knowing and understanding why you struggle with anxiety is a why that matters. Because when you better understand why, meaning what has or is contributing to your struggle, it can then lead you to insights and support that will help you to take actions to heal your relationship with anxiety. So I just want to say so many people land on my Instagram page or they listen to my podcast and then they reach out to me and they say, Shannon, it's like we're the same freaking person. I have struggled with the same exact stuff that you did. I've had so many of the same thoughts and fears that you've had. And it's always funny. It makes me smile because there's kind of two things that I think of. Like a big reason for why we all struggle similarly is because we're all human and our brains function very similarly. And anxiety just isn't that darn special or creative. (laughs) But another reason is because we have shared experiences. Many of us share the same reasons as to why we have or are struggling with anxiety. And I believe that these reasons, or you could call them causes, are why our anxiety manifests in very similar ways. So these reasons that I'm going to share with you are all reasons why I struggled with anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia. And I think these three things are so important to share and to talk about because oftentimes we think we know why we're struggling, but we really actually don't. And having some insight and maybe just hearing some things from a different perspective, maybe the same things goes a long way because it helps you to see and start approaching things differently and in a healthy way. So let's jump in and talk about three big reasons why many people struggle with anxiety disorders. 
Okay, so the first reason is that many of us weren't taught how to have a healthy relationship with our emotions. And yeah, I'm going to be talking about your childhood or your teenage years, but I want you to stick with me, even if you're rolling your eyes. I know talking about childhood stuff can be a bit triggering, but this stuff is important. So our caregivers play a major role in teaching us how to respond to our emotions, right? Like how to feel and how to navigate our emotions and even just talking about them. But if you didn't have the best role models and you weren't taught how to respond or feel or navigate or talk about these things, or if it wasn't safe for you to feel, it can create a lot of challenges with how anxiety shows up for you and then of course how you approach it. So for me, I've been very honest and I've shared this before, but I grew up with one parent who was very emotionally disconnected didn't really express emotions, didn't talk about emotions, um, didn't display to me how to manage and navigate my emotions. And oftentimes I saw him expressing very volatile behaviors, um, just responding to big feelings and emotions in a very scary way for a child to witness. So all of this, seeing all this as a little kid, of course caused me to go inward. It caused me to try to control everything, mostly because I was really scared of things being too big and too scary. Like I had no idea what to do with emotions that felt big and scary. And I tried to do anything in my power to not feel those things. And for you, maybe you had a similar experience with a parent or a caregiver, or maybe for you, you grew up with a parent or parents telling you that everything is fine. Like, we just don't need to talk about how you feel. You know, the good old suck it up, it's okay, like move past it. Or maybe you grew up around an anxious parent, like a parent that was always pointing out the things that could go wrong in life and always telling you to be careful and always pointing out the terrible news horror stories and you know pointing out all the dangers or maybe you experienced abuse or neglect whatever your experience was in most cases I don't believe that you have to go back to your childhood to heal your relationship with anxiety like I think it can be helpful in many instances if you have that willingness and you want to go back but if you don't want to, I don't think you have to. But here's the key. You do have to heal the you now. The you now who hasn't been responding to anxiety in the best way for probably some time. And really taking a look at your relationship with anxiety and how you respond to it and shifting your response and your behaviors is a huge key in the healing process. And the beautiful thing is, it's something that you now have control of. Like for myself as a kid, of course I felt like I was doing the best that I could. And I truly was. I was doing the best I could with what I was given. I you know, saw some stuff demonstrated from my mom, but she had her own stuff that she was going through and trying to just keep my brother and I safe. And so I sort of you know, had a lot of wires crossed of what safety meant and what safety looked like. And so I hid a lot and I tried to control big feelings and I tried not to ever experience them. And all of those things I had to work through as a teenager. And it was really hard because even though I went to therapy and I got support, 
it took some time to develop an awareness of how I was responding and all the things I was doing that was contributing and just how I could actually move forward in a healthy way. But I sort of want to empower you here that you did the best that you could, you know, when you were a kid, when you didn't have the knowing, when things weren't demonstrated to you, where you just really didn't know what to do and you did the best you could. But now we have to take a look at how have we been going about things and we sort of have this recognition that it's not working and I now have the capacity to change things. This is sort of in my power now. So what can I do? And really digging in and doing that work to create that healthy relationship with anxiety is so, so important. And I have to say, one of the most common themes that I see in my work, my one-on-one work with clients and in my programs, is that many of us simply weren't taught how to have a healthy relationship with our emotions. But luckily, like I have said, right, this is something we can learn and we can create a healthy relationship with anxiety. And this is the stuff that I teach in all of my masterclasses and in my 10-week program, Panic to Peace. Like this is the stuff that I wish I had known back then because I wouldn't have struggled for nearly as long and I wouldn't have struggled for nearly as hard. So I want to move into the second one the second reason because this is another really common reason so you may have experienced some stress and some overwhelm and you've been experiencing it for some time or you did experience it for some time and you might not have really recognized it or probably been having the healthiest habits or taking care of yourself and then an event happened or maybe for you really nothing out of the ordinary happens But your mind and your body has reached its tipping point. It's like, I've experienced so much stress, so much overwhelm. I have no place to put it anymore. And so here you go. Here's a really scary anxious moment or a really scary panic attack. And because you might not know what's happening, like a lot of people will tell me, Shannon, I had no idea that I was having a panic attack. I had no idea it was anxiety. And of course, when you don't have any idea of what it is or what's happening, you don't know how to respond. So all of this can cause you to really develop a huge fear of anxiety and panic. And this is usually when people start to latch really tightly onto control and they try to do everything in their power to make sure that they never feel that anxious again or have a panic attack again, which unfortunately welcomes in even more anxiety we sort of don't know we don't know so we don't know how to respond and we just think i'm going to make sure that never happens again and all this fighting and the resistance to anxiety causes even more anxiety but i want to back up for a second because i think you know when we hear an event happens we often think it has to be a bad one But so many people that join my Panic to Peace program will say, Shannon, you know, I had a great childhood. I went to college. I got married. I I don't know. I just, I was driving one day and I just had a really bad panic attack out of the middle of nowhere. And so I think we often think the event has to be a bad one. Like we often hear of, you know, I experienced trauma or I experienced a loss or something really scary happened and then I had a panic attack or a really anxious moment. 
but oftentimes it is even happy events, like good life events. And this is because our body, our minds, they can't really recognize, they can't distinguish between whether a stressor is bad or good. Your body just can sense there is so much overwhelm, there's so much stress, we don't really know where it's coming from, but we're going to respond to it with anxiety because that's that's how our system is built. It's how it's wired. It responds to stress, it sends us signals, and it tries to help us, but it doesn't feel like help at all, I know. So when I say event, it can be getting married, it can be graduating college, it can be moving, it can be traveling. You know, all of these good things are also really stressful at times. So this is so common and I just like to put this out there because so many people that land in my program will say, I just don't get it, I just don't understand, I don't know why I had a really bad panic attack out of the middle of nowhere. And it's important to recognize that anxiety and panic doesn't just happen out of the middle of nowhere. It might feel that way, but there are reasons why it shows up and they're probably things that you've been ignoring. But the good thing is, these are things that you have control of changing. You can control how you respond to stress. You can reduce stress. You can make healthier choices. You can navigate your emotions differently. Like all of this is within your control. So I also want to mention something here pretty interesting because people who land, you know, working with me one-on-one or in my programs, they'll often say, Shannon, I just, I have all these memories of who I used to be. I used to be able to travel. I used to be able to go anywhere. I used to be able to drive. I never had anxiety. I never worried about the things that I worry about now. And I just want to go back to the me before all of this happened. And I say, whoa wait slow down no you don't (laughs) because the you before is a huge part of what got you here where you are now like you weren't making healthy decisions you probably weren't supporting yourself very well and if you go back to a place of being unaware you're gonna just land right back here where you are and you're gonna keep landing there over and over You know, this is one of the interesting parts of when I work with people, they'll say, you know, I had six months, I had a year, I had a few years where everything was good and then I don't understand what happened. I feel like I'm right back where I was, but this time it feels harder. The anxiety is more intense, the panic's more intense. And it's really because we just lose sight of so many basic things. We we aren't supporting ourselves, we're making unhealthy decisions, our body feels stressed and overwhelmed. And your body's like, hey, I've had enough. This is sort of the tipping point and I need to send you some alarms so that you slow down and you fix this and you really have a healthy response. So yeah, this one, number two, is really where I say you can get hit with anxiety and panic seemingly out of the middle of nowhere. It can be really scary. It can really cause you to grasp onto this control and never wanting to experience that again. And this sort of leads you on this really dangerous cycle of constantly trying to fight anxiety, constantly trying to make it go away, and not really recognizing what you have to do in order to create that healthy response to anxiety, but also to yourself. 
Okay, reason three, and I'm sure that you've definitely heard this one, but I want you to continue listening because I think I have a bit different perspective on this one. But the last reason is that anxiety disorders are known, shown to be hereditary in lots of research. Like there's lots of research that points to anxiety disorders having a genetic component. And although I do believe that some of it is genetic or maybe genetic, I also believe that some of it hugely goes back to number one, the first one that I talked about, the first reason, and us not being taught how to have a healthy relationships with our emotions because it was never really demonstrated for us. That is part of it. I do believe that. But I want to talk about the genetic component. So for me, when I was first diagnosed with severe panic disorder and agoraphobia when I was a young teenager, I had been struggling before I even got diagnosed. I sort of knew what I was struggling with because my mom had a history with it. But I remember getting that diagnosis and feeling such a sense of doom. I remember going to my car after leaving a therapy appointment where she, my therapist, referred me to a psychiatrist to talk about medication. And I remember her diagnosing me and me seeing these diagnoses on a piece of paper and just thinking, I am screwed. Like, I am screwed. My mom struggled with this. And even though my mom struggled with panic disorder and agoraphobia and she got over it, I did not see that as my life, right? I didn't see that as how it was going to go for me because I was so in it. I felt so consumed and so stuck. And then I thought about all the other people. You know, I heard the stories of how my great-grandmother was a severe agoraphobic and never really left the house and the impact that that had on my grandfather and how my grandfather struggled with anxiety his entire life and had a lot of themes of OCD. My uncle struggled severely with OCD and anxiety and I was just running through all these family members and just thinking, what am I going to do? I feel like I can't even do anything because this is sort of just in my makeup. This is sort of just who I am. And that was so hard for me because that getting these diagnoses, I sort of latched on to them. I sort of allowed them to place meaning on who I was and what my life was going to look like. And, you know, I really want you to hear this. Even if you have a strong family history, even if it runs, you know, prevalent through your family, even if there is a genetic component, it doesn't mean that you will struggle with an anxiety disorder forever. You can still create a healthy relationship with anxiety. You can still overcome panic disorder. You can still overcome agoraphobia. You know, I say this very firmly and I believe it because I've been recovered for, gosh, seven years. And I didn't think, of course, back when I got these diagnoses that this is what my life would look like and I would have this peace and that I could do all the things and I didn't have that looming sense of anxiety is always going to be here and I'm always going to have to fight this and I'm always going to have panic attacks and I'm always going to worry about what I can and can't do and where I should go and all the things. Even if there is that genetic component, it does not mean that you're doomed 
to live a life of anxiety and panic. But like I always say, you have to make that choice, right? And it's a really hard choice to make. And you're going to have to continue to make the choice to heal and to recover and to heal this relationship with anxiety and to heal this relationship with yourself. I know there's so much out there that will say it's genetic you know, and sort of kind of just all these stories and the, the, the articles and things that can make you feel really doomed. But I just want you to recognize, you know, if you haven't, if you've never looked, even if you have no interest in taking my Panic to Peace program, I want you to go on to my Panic to Peace site, my, my page. I'll link it in the show notes. But I want you to look at it and I want you to look at all the testimonials because it's not just me. It's not just me who has been able to do the work and find so much peace, joy, and freedom. It is many people who were, are just like you, who are, were struggling with the same things that you're struggling with, who were fighting in the same ways that you're currently fighting. Like I want you to show yourself this is a possibility. This is something within your reach. You are capable of it. There is nothing different between me and you and between my students and you. It is just we made the choice over and over. I'm not accepting that this is just my life and that this is just what it has to look like because there's a genetic component or because I experienced a really hard event um, and I'm really scared to do the things or because I just I was never taught and I don't know how and I can't learn You know, there is so much that is within your control and I want you to live. I want you to choose to live and not choose regret. I want you to choose to do the work and yes, it's going to be hard, but it is so, so freeing. What's on the other side of the work is so, so freeing. So if you have had interest in my 10-week program, Panic to Peace, where I actually teach you how to create a healthy relationship with anxiety and how to overcome the anxious thoughts and the symptoms and panic attacks and fears and actually feel the peace, joy, and freedom that you want to feel, I want you to check out the program. You will get so much support. You will get so many tools. You will get accountability and motivation and not just my support. You will get all of the support from all of the others who are in the program and support from all of the past students of the program. It's just the most special and beautiful community and I love it and I love everyone who is in my community. So I will link to that in the show notes but you know I really want you to just take a look at these three things. See if you know these things might be a contributor for you but recognizing okay, what can I do with this information? Because we can always act on information and take healthy steps that will help us to create this healthy relationship with anxiety. All right, so if you found this episode to be helpful, I would love for you to share it with somebody. Share it on Instagram, share it in your stories on Facebook, you know, share it wherever. If it's just in a text message, if you call somebody and tell somebody about it, please do it. You know, I just want this to reach and help as many people as possible. And also, if you have not yet taken the time to rate and review my podcast, I would so much appreciate it. It means so much to me. I read them all. I will send you a personal message if you tell me who you are. I just, they mean so much to me. I will never be able to express how much those podcast reviews mean to me. So 
Until next time, my friends, keep taking healthy action. I hope you enjoyed this episode of A Healthy Push. If you want more, head on over to ahealthypush.com for the show notes and lots more tips, tools, and inspiration that will support your recovery. And if you're hoping for me to cover a certain topic, be sure to join my Instagram community at A Healthy Push and let me know in the comments what you want to hear next.